Welcome to the Supergirl Supercast, a part of the incomparable family of podcasts. I'm Trishy Matson. I'm David Schaub. And I'm Brianna Toiber. And today we're discussing Season 4, Episode 4, Ahimsa. David, I believe you have the recap from National City. Take it away. I have feelings. John feels bad about not fighting. Kara feels claustrophobic. Bryony feels emotions, but Lena helps him compartmentalize. Lena feels pissed. Neonel feels she should warn James because she napped the future. Alex feels the weight of the world. Supergirl and James feel they should be heroes, damn the consequences. Plot. Another DEO agent frees prisoners, but Liberty isn't around, so Mercy kills him. Alex and John give pep talks. John teams up with Manchester Black to find Fiona. Brainy and Lena use nanites to clean the air. Alex disobeys presidential orders, damn the consequences. James breaks some copies' legs. Jensen takes Parasite and runs, freeing Halgrimite who kills Otis and Mercy. Fiona is freed, but promptly dies. Colonel Lorne Haley shows up to oversight the DEO. Liberty says James is great, which is not good. Pies are eaten. Manchester Black gets ready for violence. Red Supergirl is fine, and Liberty puts Parasite in Jensen. Yes, it was uh, a pretty action-packed episode, um, and feeling-packed episode. I'd just like to point out that, um, you know, you know, in the first uh, five minutes of the show, the mur- murder bigots say, you know, when they're killing that agent, he's not human, he's loose ends. So, no, they don't actually care about humans, they care about having their power threatened or something like that. Mercy and Otis just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I think she dislikes killing things. Remember, she very super casually murdered a guy in an elevator Mm -hmm. a couple of episodes ago. So I think she just kind of likes killing things, and this gives her a chance to kill lots of things in interesting ways. Yes. I just want to point out that, you know, although, yes, ordinary humans in the show are threatened and, you know, feel that... Their lives are a bit more out of control, which is debatable. The actual leaders of the movement uh, don't care. <laughs> and we'll get farther on in the plot. I'm not sure if Liberty cares either, but we'll but we'll get there. Okay. Liberty is a very broken person, from what I'm get what I've gathered. Yeah, I I don't get how anyone who is afraid of aliens is cool with putting alien slugs into people's ears, even if it gives them powers. Yeah, also intentionally setting aliens loose on kids. Although they were supposedly mind-controlled. Does that make it better, though? (laughs) Kids could still have died. Right, kids kids could have died and certainly could have been traumatized. Yeah. I believe that Otis and Mercy would come across this plot to cause fear and put humans at risk and maybe kill some humans to make the aliens be a threat. But does Liberty really buy into this? And then he makes it worse by saying, okay, instead of just taking out some people in the police station, let's go into a fairground and start hurting people. And oh, that just seems so far off where we saw Liberty in the last episode. However broken he is. But okay, so when he first said that made that comment about like make them fear for their children i thought that was going to go in a completely different direction and he was going to attack some alien kids oh but that would cause even more sympathy 
<laughs> True. Or or yeah. it could cause them to rise up and start causing issues, and then it could be like, see, see, I'm right. Um, yeah, I think um, what what that was aligns with what Mercy says about we have to make people afraid even if we have to sell it. And going into uh, into the fair and terrorizing people was their sales campaign. Oh, I'm sure that's what Mercy says. And that's perfectly aligned with Mercy's operandum. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out, like, I feel like there might be something more behind this. That's a bit of what surprised me in this episode is I did not expect as many things to get cleared up in this episode that did. I didn't expect they'd get Fiona back so quickly. I didn't expect Otis and Mercy from getting killed. A lot of loose ends got wrapped up in this episode that I thought were going to take longer. Yeah, I, I did hope that Mer- that sorry that Fiona was going to be more of a recurring character than the very short arc that she got here. Yeah, but she did get us Manchester Black, and when we first met, I was like, I don't know, I don't know, and then like how he said his name, I was just like, you know what, I really like this character. I have no idea who he is, but he has a very cool attitude, and I freaking love his name. I confess I haven't done research, but it really sounds like a comic booky name to me. Probably. Or it also sounds like Man in Black, which is funny because he's actually human, right? <laughs> but he is pretty awesome. Yes, absolutely. I'm happy to see his addition for however long we get to the show. But since he's going to the way of guns, uh, I'm not sure how long we will have him on the show. Maybe he'll figure out a different way. I, I feel like there's a lot of really interesting and depth things they could do with this character. Yeah, and I hope they do. I'm just not sure they will since his go-to action was to buy a bunch of guns after, uh, a- a- admittedly, after his fiance was killed, tragically and sadly and evilly. I was really surprised she died so quickly because I wouldn't have thought yeah. that Otis and Mercy would have liked her dying, so why wouldn't they keep her alive? But maybe there's some dependency for her needing to be near death in order to have the parasitic control work. Or maybe they just, you know, used her up and didn't have any idea how hard they were using her and didn't care. Perfectly her. I'm still stuck on how was she alive? We saw her literally get stabbed in the back with a pretty sharp, pretty long blade. I... Not sure how she's not dead. Wasn't dead before that. Depends where he hit her. True. Also, alien biology could be different. I have no idea. Physiology, that's what I was going for. Can I pull us back to the very beginning of the episode for a moment? Sure. Yeah. I wanted to briefly go back to what we first start to see the episode. The first thing Alex does is order Lena to do something, and Lena agrees without hesitation. And I just thought this was an interesting change in development in how Lena is interacting with the DEO, that there, there's sort of no hesitation, there's no nothing, it's just, okay, I'll go and help try and save Supergirl. And I thought that was pretty nice. My guess is, I think she might have like somehow known a bit of what was happening, and considering the amount of urgency and the fact that Supergirl was dying, I think that's part of why, even if she doesn't particularly get a agree with Supergirl on most things, she doesn't want her to die. Yeah, I think Lena wants Supergirl to admit the truth and then say that she's very, very, very sorry for lying. (laughs) That better be the case. (laughs) 
<laughs> there was also a beautiful scene, both in terms of camera and acting. There was the non-vocal acting as John crunches the table, and then the focus changes to Alex, and we see Alex reacting to John crunching the table. I thought that was a really pretty scene. Have we ever seen John lose control like that before? Hmm. I, I don't think we've, we have. I don't think so. And when John's father lost control he he was doing the mental broadcasting stuff not punching stuff or crunching stuff well he was also losing control in a different way yeah uh, i just want to point out though that uh for some bizarre reason it took alex pointing out to jean jones that he should be using his telepathy to go after the the murder bigots and i'm not really happy about that Jean's a smart guy. He should have been able to think of that for himself. I think he's also a lot more aware of the fact that he's a telepath than she is. Right. My note says, seriously, now John is a telepath? <laughs> this is the episode where he's a telepath. The other episodes, he is not a telepath. And that seems to be how the show presents him. Yeah. Also, in the land of Does Lena Know? I know this has no actual meaning whatsoever because this is purely a function of uh, post-production but on Kara's HUD her heads-up display inside of her suit when she mm -hmm. looks at Alex it puts up a whole pile of information about Alex including bio information about how Alex feels about Kara joining their family and having superpowers and the suit came from Lena so presumably Lena programmed it it doesn't mean anything I was going they wouldn't put anything stupid in the HUD yeah they did <laughs> Whoops. Uh, yeah, I, I confess I did not freeze frame and look at the HUD display, but... Uh, I couldn't resist. Thanks for going the extra mile, David. <laughs> <laughs> I just have one comment about like how this suit was stylized. Was Lena making that for Supergirl? Like, <sighs> I would just say yes. But why? Maybe it recognized the suit that it was forming around and it made itself look kind of like that. How about there? Eh, okay. <laughs> there is no Watsonian answer for this question. I'm trying to understand why there is a suit, and all it has to do is maintain an atmosphere, but we have this massive energy constraint where Kara can't fight in it, otherwise it will cause Kara to be killed. But if Alex shoots her with an energy weapon, it magically recharges the suit for a little while. Uh, you watch enough Iron Man things, stuff like that happens. <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, oh, hey, it's it's like that. It's like the thing from, I think it was the first Avengers movie, something like that happened in the fight between Tony and Thor. But um, so that, but with the suit car, was that, I think it was doing more than just like maintaining like, a clean atmosphere. It was also processing all of the kryptonite out of her system. So that could have been part of it. Although I don't understand how that suit was able to do that unless the nanites were like inside of her it's the only way i can think of and that just gets really weird and also really impressive there were jokes in the 80s regarding really complicated american designs versus really pragmatic russian designs <laughs> they just put her in a box and pumped in an atmosphere <laughs> Which is what we were saying should have been the case for Supergirl. But... Yeah. Lena has I mean, the complicated sleep. It worked. 
Yeah, they're just like, we can't do this, we can't do that. And I'm like, all your advanced technology, you can't find a way to have a kryptonite free room? Oh, well, that's over with. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Yes, it's been solved. She got to be a Power Ranger for a while. Every last little bit of it is out of the atmosphere, which makes me wonder why they couldn't have done that with lead for the Daxamites, but oh well. It wasn't as urgent or necessary, and they kind of wanted all the Daxamites off the planet. Yeah. Uh, just don't <laughs> think about it. Just don't. Okay. <laughs> I, I, do have, I do have another thing that I realized is I think... I think Lena and Brainy might have just accidentally solved global warming because now they can fix the atmosphere. They, they could take out like all the bad things and the pollutants and I don't know if the nanites can create things, but they can. It may be easier to differentially target radioactive kryptonite than, say, carbon ca- compounds in the atmosphere. Ooh, good try. <laughs> I still, I still feel like Lena could use this to start like help fix global warming. It is possible, though, that the nanites that are everywhere, they can always bring those back and make them a problem. So, it's a bit of a dangling plot. Maybe they'll do something sure. with right. it. Right? Uh, didn't we already have an evil na- nanites plot in um, season two? Yep, we did. Right. Uh, Past friend of Lena. Right. No reason that couldn't happen again, though. Oh, yeah, that I was sitting there thinking, trying to remember which one was that, but I, I remember that guy now. <laughs> that was weird. Okay, but there is plenty of other stuff to discuss besides uh, the annoying, questionable super science. Let's talk about feelings. <laughs> oh, so many feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lena, of course... Uh, has, was trained from birth to compartmentalize her feelings and she shares the gospel of shutting away your feelings in a box so that you can get things done, which she, of course, is really, really good at. And after Brainy tries it, he feels better and he's able to think more clearly. Uh, not really mentioned our long-term effects of repressing emotions, but... Mm. <laughs> is this... The point now where we get to see Brainy be useful this season? Is this the turning point? I hope so. Well. (laughs) I really am not very happy with this uh, Data's having difficulty processing emotions (laughs) subplot that they've been throwing Brainy in. And maybe we're now past it. But I, I just don't understand why they feel the need that Brainy has difficulty with these human emotions coming up just because he happens to be in our time. It doesn't seem to fit anything, and it's reduced the character to not doing very much in the episodes so far this season. So maybe we're done it. I still want him to go on a date with Nia. Oh, that I hope for. Even if it's just a friend date, I don't care. I need it. (laughs) And I want it to be adorably awkward. I am happy that they have cleared up for us that uh, Brainy is not a robot. He is what he called techno-organic. And so he has feelings, and he has tears. Tears of logic. Um, <laughs> uh, but but I, I'm pleased to know that about him now. He is, in fact, a cyborg. Yeah. yeah. And he, he did get it to be kind of useful, because once he compartmentalized, he it clicked out the nanites. And that, and he also helped do the last location part for finding Fiona. So, no, he's clearly back to some functional level 
and I think that's how we will probably see him continue. Although, given his prior career in the Legion and his friendships there and everything, I'm surprised that uh, it took him coming to Earth to get under so much stress that he suddenly has trouble dealing with his feelings. Well, he's also in a different time dealing with racism that he's never had to face before and he doesn't know if his family in the future is still alive or if he's the only one left maybe it just seemed ill-fitting yeah for the character though i should say how the actors pulling off brainy i still quite mm -hmm. enjoy i i really like yes. the performance even though i disagree with the writing yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm still, you know, very hopeful that if they learn to use him correctly, he'll be much more of a an asset to the show than than the current plot device with occasional irritations and occasional nice moments that we have now. Yeah. They could do a lot more with him. So, since I mentioned the uh, David, do you want to explain the whole her napping the future thing? Well, the assumption, and assumptions are bad and dangerous, <laughs> um, and I haven't really read up on any rumors or anything to presume it, but there is a character in DC Comics called Nuranal, who is, I believe, Dream Girl, who has precognitive abilities. And this is the second time Nuranal has been found napping at Catco. Obviously, they would only be doing that if there was a reason. Oh, it's because journalism is hard, David. You work long hours. I know I do. Have you tried transcribing an hour-long video, an hour-long interview? If I had seen anyone at Catco doing journalism, I might accept that. <laughs> <laughs> However, what I see is Neonal waking up from naps and giving people warnings about the future. So I, I would assume that they actually will have the character have precognitive abilities and that she is in fact dreaming the uh, future events but we'll see how that actually plays out <laughs> i i would like to see a relation between the two and i'm just wondering it would she be alien or is she still human just with the abilities in this universe i don't know fair point you did introduce manchester black who in theory also has some powers which we did not see any reference to in this episode so we'll find out what that looks like going forward. That fight scene was really cool. I, I don't think the guy touched... Well, no, he hit him once. I believe he tripped people and dodged, for the most part, in the police station. Yeah, and, but the guy he was fighting landed one hit on Manchester. Yeah. And I don't know if that was... Was it just me or did it kind of sound like someone punching a sheet of metal? We did see him get wounded by it, though. So we'll, I'm sure, learn more about him and his powers. He, so he's special, just not super special. We'll find out. When it comes to feelings, I think we really need to discuss the name of the episode. Because I don't quite understand aspects of what it was going for. We know that Ahimsa, sorry, Ahimsa? Ahimsa. is a Hindu word and used for basically meaning nonviolence that was covered in the episode. But as far mm -hmm. as I can tell, this is the episode where we get to see John feeling bad about not fighting and then entering a fight. And Manchester Black also was sort of fighting in a pacifistic way 
but then he turns and goes for guns. So it it feels like this is really a turn away from nonviolence from both of them to some degree. But it's in a way it's for different reasons because Jean, I felt like it was more of him fighting to protect where Manchester is definitely it looks like he's going to start down the road on revenge. I don't know how far he's going to get down this road, but I, he's turning more towards revenge and less towards trying to protect people you care about. I don't know, because we didn't really see consequence for John entering the fight to save Kara. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what that will look like going forward. Yeah, that that could be interesting. Almost as interesting as the consequences of James joining the fight as a guardian. Yeah, James does join the, the fight as guardian and protects some people. And then uh, the next day, James and Lena are talking about how she thinks they should have discussed this before he went into, you know, until he went out as guardian, thereby uh, defying the district attorney or whatever. He says that's fine. Uh, nobody's mad at me and there are no charges. And then Nia walks in and shows that uh, Guardian is trending as uh, a defender of liberty, i.e. Uh, the the alien haters. And of course, <laughs> that's not what he meant to do. <laughs> With stories written by Ben Lockwood. Oh, I missed that. Right. Oh, I, to- I didn't see that either. I- I'm just picturing, I have a feeling the next episode's going to start with him James giving a press conference being like, no, that's not what was going on. I like aliens. Stop twisting my actions. I don't approve of this. I really quite like that turn. It surprised Mm -hmm. me a little bit, and it's a nice sleight of hand in the writing that they clearly set up what the expectation is for what's going to be the consequence, and that's not the consequence. Yeah. I was quite happy that they were able to uh, do that little bit of sleight of hand there in the plot. Yeah, I thought that was a neat twist also. I just realized there's... I realized the direction that the writers could take this is perhaps um, the Agent of Liberty reaches out to James and, like, tries to get his support. And, you know, the whole, like, our whole team, Supergirl, comes together and they talk about it and basically decide to... Use James as an undercover agent. I don't think that would happen because uh, James's public identity as Guardian is out, and um, uh, Ben Lockwood doesn't trust James anymore because he thinks of her as Lena's tool, and he thinks of Lena as an alien lover, despite the fact that she's not. So I don't think I don't think that uh, infiltration attempt would work. In fact, I think it's pretty funny if. Uh, if Ben did that deliberately, <laughs> if he cast someone that he thinks of as an as a political enemy as his ally, knowing that it was wrong, but using him anyway. I would believe that of Liberty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he might also try and maybe manipulate him and use him as a tool. And then James would probably do the like during his midlife crisis when he decided that he wanted to become a superhero he might try and take things into his own hands and try and figure out what they're doing i expect what we'll see also will be the deo having to defend people from manchester black as well and that might be also how that turns out hmm. 
we'll see as the season goes forward. I definitely can see Jean is the one helping him through this and helping him realize that shooting everything that moves is not going to solve anything. <laughs> I don't think I'll go that far, but... <laughs> uh, going back to consequences, Alex is definitely feeling some consequences now and the DEO will feel going forward because uh, the president... Earlier in the episode, Alex was questioning herself partly because... President Boxleitner, whose show name I can't remember, was giving her such a tongue lashing about all the things that were going wrong. And uh, he, he was saying, so help me, I'll... And then someone in green leaned forward and whispered into his ear, and he calmed down and ended the conversation nicely. And then at the, epi the end of the episode, uh, we do see... Um, I believe you said it was a colonel uh, walking in, Lauren Haley, uh, saying that POTUS, President of the United States, sent me. And given how you disobeyed direct orders, you need some oversight. So, and, you know, she's going to be there indefinitely. So they're not exactly breaking up the DEO and absorbing it into the army or, or whatever. And he didn't quite fire Alex, but he made her subordinate to this unknown colonel. And that colonel was, I think, the person who had the president's ear in that video yes. conference call. Mm -hmm. I was, I'm just asking, does she realize what she's basically just signed herself up for? Like, did, does she know what this is actually going to look like with everything? Because I have a feeling she doesn't. We don't know the character yet. No. True. Her expression said something like, ha ah, I am grabbing power. But, you know, that could have just been my interpretation. Who knows uh, if she has some kind of agenda or if she's just you know empire building or if she's just genuinely obeying orders and trying to keep the country safe or maybe she's an alien <laughs> i guess that's another option too. that would be fun <laughs> i liked how the president seemed very concerned about supergirl's well-being i don't know if that's entirely an act or not but I thought it was interesting that that was a lot of his focus. Well, also, because imagine the panic that would, like, absolutely destroy the country, probably, if she died. Yeah, given given the number of times that Supergirl has saved the world, he at least realizes that uh, they need, Earth needs her. Yeah, otherwise there'd be, like, panicking, rioting in the streets, and just everything would just spontaneously catch fire. <laughs> it was... Also interesting seeing Alex just dealing with the stress of it all in the really touching scene where she was struggling so hard trying to like meet everyone's expectations and 100% blaming herself for everything that happened, including Kara almost dying. It was touching. I think it's fairly natural for a new leader to question themselves in, their, in that way when uh, things go bad. Um, you know, I... I thought it was pretty convincing actually um being the leader of a whole organization is different than just being the leader of a field team and so of course she's questioning herself that made total sense to me but yes i agree with you it was well done and she has had two different deo agents turn on them freeing different captives right right yeah alex does give us a wonderful line in the episode around then which was Pacifism doesn't mean inaction. It just means that you have to learn how to fight without raising the sword. Oh, I loved that line. Which I thought was quite a good line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been wondering why Jean didn't jump to the conclusion that he could 
become an advocate, and he'd be really, really good at argue, like at debating with people because he can figure out what they're thinking next and block their counter arguments before they get to say them. But he only has his telepathy in some episodes. <laughs> eh, he can find a the the same way that Supergirl's powers uh, wax and wane for reasons we can't tell. What I'd like to know is why the episode writers seem to believe in homeopathy, where the less of something in the atmosphere, the more damage it does. As far as you can tell, a couple tablespoons of kryptonite poisoned the entire atmosphere of Earth. And mm -hmm. at the point that it was 90% cleaned up, it was still lethal. Right. Just how much kryptonite is in the air? <laughs> I don't think the writers understand what trace amounts mean. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, like, very much questioning that. I was wanting it to be, like, 90%. She's like, okay, I'm done with this, and just rip the helmet off and see her sort of fighting, but weakened. Yep, had to wait to 100% clear. <laughs> yep, because reasons. And drama. Don't forget the drama. This is a CW show. We never forget the drama. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Let's see. Other other points? Anything else that anyone needs feel feels we need to discuss? Just the assumption that sort of was covered in my recap, which is I don't believe I ever refer to it as the parasite. It is, in fact, parasite. In that now that I think it has been put inside someone, that someone is going to be, in fact, parasite. That's my assumption, and uh, I think that probably, looking at the next trailer of the next episode, likely the case. So we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, I think he gets superpowers. Yeah, so my question is, like, I, I just assume that the parasite, like, and it, they, through the, the use of the parasite and Fiona, because she had the brain powers, the, um, yeah. That was how they were able to control the aliens, and that was why they needed her. That use of Parasite, I don't know how common that is in the comics. But, I mean, Parasite effectively is a relatively common character that just steals powers and sucks powers out of someone so that they can then use them. Hmm. Ah. The use with Fiona is kind of like that, and maybe this was just an interesting way to introduce the character. Had we seen that Parasite ever before on the show, I didn't think so i not that i remember but it's been a while since i've seen back in season one and all that i certainly don't remember it now i want to rewatch. so we'll see how that goes next episode i'm very disappointed that we did not get Kara stuck in the suit for more than one episode i really wanted there to be windows of time where alina doesn't know where Kara is very disappointed <laughs> Also, I wanted to see Carl like wandering around, just being bored out of her mind. Like, can I get out of the suit yet? No, but I'm hungry. Get over it. I have to pee. <laughs> no one has to pee on TV. It's okay. <laughs> that, that's true. And they don't. Well, the... no, they do eat. Never mind. I was going to say they don't get hungry, but they do eat. They certainly do. We saw Carl bake what? It was like. At least six pies, um, which seems uh, a lot for two sisters to eat together. <laughs> no matter. Clearly, she she just felt so bad about that pie stand being destroyed. <laughs> she cried out. <laughs> also, I think 
we've established she does eat more than most people and with her mm. um heat vision by now she's probably nailed the art of making of cooking a pie in five minutes like down to a science Right, and of course, stress cooking is a thing. Okay, that yes. I feel better about all that now, <laughs> and and I do uh, I do like uh, that she was cooking rhubarb pie. <laughs> it's good. It would have been like a giant stack of chocolate chip cookies that would just be <laughs> sitting there, just like eating them all. It's like, oh, can I have some? It's like, no, these are mine. Those are yours. And there's like five on a plate. <laughs> I, yeah, I stress baked chocolate chip cookies. There's mm-hmm. a good reason there aren't any in the house right now. <laughs> Overall, just to end, I would like to note that I'm very happy that Otis is gone because I don't have to hear lines like the boy saying, hey, you smashed my Bebo, and Otis saying, that's a <laughs> metaphor for life. <laughs> I'm pretty happy to see this character go away. My thought at that line was, why is there a Bebo in this universe? I I loved having Bebo. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed his little uh, visit to the show. <laughs> the Bebo was fine. Especially yes. after the end of the last season of Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> My gosh, that show just it, it gives no craps, and I love it. That show embraces the crazy, and it's enormously fun. George Lucas has the spirit of destiny. <laughs> I'm still not watching the show. I'll see if I regret that as we get closer to the... Oh, yeah, but uh, Legends doesn't actually do a crossover with Supergirl this year. Not this year. I hear that this season they are doing a crossover with themselves, i.e. going through different timelines, jumping in and saving themselves or something it'll be uh crazy it'll be fun (laughs) no (laughs) doubt i have no doubt at all of that okay well if that's about it then i guess we should wrap up this podcast i'd like to thank my co-hosts david and brianna thank you for being here always happy to be here and i'd like to thank our audio editor who i understand will be deanna chapman this time Uh, And I'd like to thank The Incomparable for hosting our podcast. And, of course, last but never least, I want to thank our listeners. I hope you enjoy our conversation. If you want to join in on it, uh, we're on Twitter at SGSupercast, or you can join the, uh, The Incomparable Slack channel and talk to us, probably on TV. Um, And that's it. Thanks, everybody, and uh, have a good week until the next episode. Bye-bye. Can't wait.